Welcome, everyone. Here we are with Straight Talk. That's right. You hear the phone going. So that's urging you to give us a call at 877-795-0122. 877-795-0122. I'd like to let you know that Robert from Fargo got four tickets for the Home on the Range of Champions ride. All right. And again, if you call 877-795-0122, you can either talk with Father William Slattery or you can get some free tickets or you can do both. Welcome, Father Slattery. Thanks, Tim. Do you like to go by Father William? or Fa- Father William. Okay, yeah. very good, Father William. That's great. Glad to have you. Your first time on Straight Talk or not? Yes, first time. Oh, that's awesome. Well, you're, you're going to do great. Like I said, people just they can kind of call in with some questions. And until we get a question, we kind of banter back and forth. I'll ask you first, is there anything on your mind that, that you know, God's putting upon your heart to maybe share with our listeners this morning? And if not, I'm going to ask you about St. Benedict, so just so you know. Oh, good. <laughs> Uh, let's talk about St. Benedict. Okay. Anyway, yeah, let's go ahead and tie that in. I'll let you do it. I mean, I was just, I love how you wove him in to your homily last night at Mass. Yeah, so uh, for the listeners, uh, yesterday's readings uh, reflected a lot about hospitality, as we read from Abraham, uh, and especially from the Gospel, between the, the roles of Martha and Mary, and uh, I guess how the church throughout the ages, you, you know, interprets this in many different ways. It's the cool thing about being Catholic yeah. is how we're invited to uh, read the gospel and the scripture through different lenses and speaks to us even today. Uh, but looking at that role, uh, you know, the difference between Martha and Mary and their service and the focus of, of the humble service of, of attentiveness, of being present of Mary. And Jesus kind of emphasizes this as, as a, again, uh, a, a, a greater service. And, uh, and one of the things that uh, Benedict, the, the founder of monasticism, emphasized in his rule was this kind of same role that that uh, the focus of hospitality is is to make oneself equal, mm-hmm. uh, and that's what we see kind of with with Mary, mm-hmm. is she's entering the presence of Christ as, as an equal, even though she's sitting at his feet, is enjoying his presence. Again, this is our Savior who calls us. You know, brothers and sisters and, and friends, not slaves. Mm-hmm. And uh, and so Benedict, who, uh, who's writing in his uh, his role, says that uh, the, the monk has a has a priority of hospitality in his life. That those who come to the monastery uh, should be welcomed as if it were Christ Himself. And gives us these great images of what the monk should do. Uh, it doesn't say the monk should prostrate himself <laughs> in adoration yeah, right, yeah. of Christ in reverence, but no, uh, but just like Abraham did uh, in in the first reading from yesterday, uh, wash his feet. We see this, you know, Jesus doing that with his own disciples mm-hmm. as well, uh, that the monk would should give him food, mm-hmm. uh, should especially pray with them first. Mm-hmm. That's one of the primary things, because ah. uh, prayer, he says, eliminates judgment. Mm-hmm. Because it focuses our attentions on, on God the Father mm-hmm. and also in our common equality with each other in relation to God. And that's uh, one of the important parts of the Christian act of hospitality mm-hmm. is that it allows us to have a real equality with others mm-hmm. and therefore to live justice. I said in my homily, you can't have, equality, you can't have justice without equality. Right. And, I, I uh, and this that. is why it's such an essential role. That's why he highlights those who should receive uh, generosity more are those who are poor and pilgrims because they're the most equal with uh, with the monastic life because they receive everything from God's providence. Exactly. We're talking with Father William Slattery here on Straight Talk waiting for your calls 877-795-0122. You can also message us on Facebook. Brandon's sitting right here ready to go. You know, he's, he's, he wants to wants to be put to work. So uh, let's do that. I, I like how you mentioned um, 
Because I was going to mention that, the preference to the poor. You know, and I don't know if you heard much of the first segment. I know you're probably maybe driving in and talking to some here, but that's the new life center. You know, they, they changed their, their entry around because the, the, the residents, the, the guests used to come in from the back. The people, but now everyone comes together. That idea of equality, that idea of justice. I mean, to see a living example here is, is, is pretty amazing. It is, and uh, if you're looking at the church's social teaching, it's founded in uh, in the the way Christ lived His life, and it, you know the church refers to it as a preferential option that we have to make for the poor because uh, they're most like Christ, uh, and also that we have to. Uh, really rectify some injustice that they're living uh, for us to claim equality. And uh, I think it's, uh, we dive into this, I, ta- I teach it in my class uh, a lot oh, and it's wonderful, but and that's, I think the hardest thing for a lot of the students to understand is, yeah. doesn't Jesus love us all equally? Mm-hmm. Therefore, how can we have a preference for the mm-hmm. poor? Mm-hmm. Shouldn't we like everyone the same? But there is, again, that uh, injustice that experience that we have to remedy for us to truly claim uh, authentic dignity and recover that exactly and you know I think fits right fitting right into this let's talk a little bit about today's feast Mary Magdalene because you know she was someone Christ obviously went out to the point I mean, she had seven demons expelled you're a great sinner right but yet is an amazing saint talk about that a little bit father yeah uh, our feast day today Mary Magdalene uh, Pope Francis you know recently uh, mm-hmm. raised raised this to a level of feast yeah. Uh, yeah. and uh, I think we look at the importance of that is in the in the prayer today at the closing of, of the mass uh, it talks about the role of perseverance mm. uh, and again seeing that Mary Magdalene through the tradition is a symbol of penitence uh, of return and extreme love of the mercy of the of the Lord and we find uh, right in the gospel reading today she's always there mm-hmm. uh, and she's the one who's always there uh, at the foot of the cross at the tomb and she's the first one to see especially that the tomb is empty goes back to the you know the apostles and tells them this information right Peter John come back they leave and she stays exactly I see kind of the you know kind of I think the important role of of, of this level of perseverance is it comes from an ardency of hope mm. right uh, a desire for the Lord uh, that uh, it's holy Oh, exactly. Yeah, exactly. We might come back to her some, Father, but we have a, we have a question from yeah. someone in Fargus. Father, could you please talk about pilgrimage, its history, its importance to our spiritual lives, and our personal experiences that you've had on pilgrimages? Well, this is an awesome question because uh, one of the things I get to do as, uh, with my work at Shanley is to take kids on a pilgrimage to Rome uh, every summer. And we just got back uh, on July uh, June thirtieth. Okay. And uh, and so uh, pilgrimage is one of the uh, early forms, especially of of spiritual penitence in the church. Mm-hmm. It's a way through which uh, we can, in an isolated period of time, intensify our spiritual life, which is itself a journey from one land to another, from one home to another, uh, from our home here on earth to our home in heaven. And through the ascetic life of, of trusting God's providence, of emptying ourselves of our control, mm-hmm. of uh, diving especially into a deeper sense of prayer, we uh, really gain a closeness with uh, the community of saints uh, and also with that sense of divine filiation mm-hmm. that, again, our Father loves us so much and we can place our trust in him. And these, so I just got back with them. It's, uh, we took 130 high school Whoa. students. And you don't even have any gray hairs yet, Father. That's well, good. they're coming. <laughs> uh, but no, it was a wonderful experience. And you see, uh, one of the unique things we, we do is every pilgrimage 
it requires sacrifice. Mm-hmm. And one of the cool things that this program does run through the University of Mary mm-hmm. is we tell them they can't bring their phones, no Love phones it. on this trip. And it's uh, two weeks uh, through the sacred parts of Rome. And it's a, both a historical and spiritual uh, lesson for them. Um, and, but you see the spiritual dimension thrive in them as they gain this freedom. Yeah. Uh, freedom to encounter each other. And you see kind of how the spiritual life uplifts the experience of the human person. So true. I love that. And it's freedom from this phone, this technology being enslaved to that, which we think frees us. Freedom from that frees us for yeah. that interpersonal communication and the freedom of, of seeing each other. Wow. Yeah. I had uh, one girl, you know, came said, you know, Father, I've got more freedom here in Rome my parents let me have it back home. <laughs> <laughs> Isn't that something? That's great. Talking with Father William Slattery. Great, great thing about pilgrimage. And, and so now did some uh, students from like maybe the other Catholic schools, like St. Mary's and Trinity, did, did they all They're all to? with us, yep. We oh, all wow. combine it together. It's a great way for them to experience. Yeah. Uh, they're all incoming seniors. And so that's oh. meant especially to give them an extra boost as they mm-hmm. enter their final year of, of high school and prepare for that transition. Yeah. And what a great way to meet from, from other uh, cities and other, other schools, yeah, Absolutely. Yeah. Yep. Because they stop becoming rivals and look at each other as equals. <laughs> Isn't that the way it is? Yes. Again, we're talking with Father William Slattery here on Straight Talk. You can give us a call at 877-795-0122, 877-795-0122, or message us on Facebook. We'd like to thank that listener from Fargo for that question about pilgrimage. That was awesome. We do want to quickly remind you, again, we are giving away tickets for the Ride of Champions, Saturday, August 3rd. Just give us a call at 877 795 0122. So, Father, I talked a little earlier. Maybe we can go to this a little bit. Uh, there was an article recently about the beauty of, of being a priest and celibacy and those kind of things. And I talked about the complementary vocations. Maybe just some of your thoughts on you know being a priest and all, all these things. Yeah, uh, especially in my discernment as a priest, uh, you know, it's been very recent. I've only been a priest for years. Uh, but, uh, you know, they, they make a, a major and important emphasis of this in our, in our formation. Uh, and you know, I think uh, you kind of summed up the importance of, of the role of celibacy and then a little bit of, again, in relation to the, the married state. Mm-hmm. Uh, again, they're complementary. They're complementary. Um, and, uh, and I think for, for the priest, you kind of emphasize the reality of being able to live for a single purpose. Mm-hmm. Um, there is a great beauty to that. Um, and yeah, you've talked about all the things, right? There is times of loneliness, but I know priests who want to leave Fargo to go out in the country <laughs> to get some alone time. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> because being a life of a priest isn't like it isn't just isolated all the time. Right. right. Uh, rather, again, we are as kind of the, with the imagery of the pilgrimage, we're made free for others, mm-hmm. yeah. um, and that's one of the kind of radical parts of celibacy is the uh, living fully for Christ makes us then free to serve others, and that's kind of the role of this and benefit of the celibate priesthood is to be able to pack up go wherever you're requested uh, wherever you know the Holy Spirit directs uh, through the role of the bishop and the needs of the church um, and there is a beauty to that um, and again, an openness uh, to God himself mm-hmm. in that experience um, and I know I've expressed that and you I live that in my own life uh, and I, I found right it, there is that aspect of the hundredfold yeah. you, every vocation involves a sacrifice every right, life involves uh, giving of ourselves right. a a way to others as a gift. And then it's only when we engage that do we really encounter the benefit of the Lord who makes our our sacrifices bountiful. Amen. Amen. That makes great sense. Father William Slattery here on on Straight Talk. And, of course, we should remind everyone, 
everyone has the primary vocation is a vocation to love. How that's lived out, whether, you know, celibate life, you know, it's priest like you, married life, single life. I mean, everyone's primary vocation is vocation to love. Okay, well, Sharon from Fargo took another six tickets, so we have about ten tickets remaining for that champion's ride at 877-795-0122. Father, we have another question from Fargo. Talks about Martha from the Gospel yesterday. Was worried and busy about so many things. How significant, the, how significant is this in our own lives, and how do we become more calm in these times? Yeah, I think especially uh, we could look at Mary Magdalene as a mm-hmm. as a figure. There you go. I think it's. Uh, I mean, I think the question is referring especially to some of the challenges we face in the church uh, mm-hmm. among uh, with the sex abuse crisis, mm-hmm. um, questions of leadership of of integrity. Um, I think you look at figures like Mary Magdalene and even Saint John. Um, even if you're looking at kind of two people who maybe had a right to leave the church. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Father Jordan Dosh from the Bismarck Diocese gave a great homily about this, about John the Apostle being kind of the only person who had the most right to leave the church because here he was at the cross and look around, you know, Mary Magdalene's there, Mary, right? Mm -hmm. Uh, All all some of the other women, but where are the other guys, right? Where are you guys, where are you losers? You know, uh, (laughs) you left me alone, right? Mm -hmm. But what is, what do we see, right? I mean, John builds up like one of the most beautiful spiritual theologies in the church uh, on the Eucharist. Uh, Again, showing that closeness to Christ. Mary Magdalene, her perseverance, uh, again, is the first to experience the resurrection, Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. And, and given that commission, the first commission to bring it to the, the apostles. Uh, I think uh, in our own life today, right, we, again, need to focus in on our relationship with Christ the Lord, mm-hmm. who, right, continues to reveal himself to us, right. call us by name, uh, to, again, challenge us to live in authentic integrity, mm-hmm. but also to have a desire for him in our hearts, yeah, so true. Talking with Father William Slattery here on Straight Talk, you know, talking about the whole anxious about so many things, and that's kind of what you upbraided for is being anxious. You know, again, where is your faith? Well, you know, think about the apostles, right? I mean, they're afraid, they're anxious. You know, mm-hmm. I knew you not yet. No, and it reminds me of John Paul II. Uh, think about this guy, Pope. You know, in such a turbulent time, right? And people always said he had such an inner peace with all this. And I, I'm thinking at least, and maybe we can, maybe we can touch on this a little bit, Father. We want to thank again the, our uh, our questioner from Fargo about about Martha. And again, I encourage you eight seven 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 nine five zero one two two or message us on Facebook. Father Slattery will answer your question. Knock it out of the park like he has these other ones. But uh, John Paul II, so much at inner peace, even though the world around him was in such tumult. And I really think, I mean, he spent hours a day at the Mother Teresa in front of the Blessed Sacrament. Maybe talk about the importance of prayer and spending time with Jesus to get that inner peace regardless of what's happening in our lives. Yeah, uh, you know, part of, the, again, vocation is, is a calling uh, of mm-hmm. love, to love first, and uh, particularly for uh, for a priest and for those who live in a celibate life, right, uh, our, our calling is, is to love love the Lord above all things. And again, this sense of prophetic nature of what our true calling is for everybody, we, we show that. And uh, this is where I, mean, I think the beauty of John Paul II and the encouragement that came from that time period. And uh, you know, there's a John Paul II generation of priests, right? Amen. And what do they do? They imitate him. Yeah. The, the call to adoration uh, is a central part of that because it's there that we gaze upon the bridegroom. Uh, and again, that inner peace comes from a reflection of Christ himself who is present among us. And where Christ is present, 
evil flees. Uh, you know, where Christ is present, right? He parts the waters, uh, the turbulent parts of our lives and anxiety. And uh, th- I think, yeah, that's the source of, I think, the strength of John Paul II's life. Mary, you know, uh, Mother Teresa as well spent all that time in adoration with, and encourages it for her sisters that there's no adoration time that's wasted. Mm-hmm. Um, and actually, among the order of service in their day, they make a primacy of that. I think someone asked her once, like, well, if you didn't spend that time in the chapel, couldn't you help others more? Mm-hmm. Right? That's a pragmatic part. Right. And her yeah. response is, if I didn't spend that time with the Lord, I couldn't help anybody. I couldn't even help myself. Yeah. Amen. Yep. So true. Father William Slattery here in Straight Tie. And I had her story. I don't know if it's true or not about Mother Teresa, but I think it is. Because I think their norm is an hour in adoration a day. And she says, and when we have a lot to do, especially difficult day, we do two hours of adoration. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Amazing, isn't that yep. great? We're talking with Father William Slaughter here again on Straight Talk. Give us a call at 877-795-0122, 877-795-0122, or you can message us on Facebook. Um, let's talk a little bit about maybe some uh, spiritual reading, you know. Um, what are some things you might might recommend or list us just some simple things maybe to get started. Oh, I don't know where to go. And I've got a whole library. What, you know, what, what might be some simple places to start? Uh, well, I think uh, one of a, a go-to go one for me is uh, the, the spiritual writer, Jacques Philippe um, from the community of St. John. Right. Um, he writes a couple really good. They're, they're very short. Mm-hmm. It's good. They're also very straightforward. Nice. Uh, and so there are two books that uh, I really enjoyed were Interior Freedom and then Thirsting for Prayer. Ah, okay. um, and I, again, the emphasis, uh, he does a good summary of uh, kind of the spiritual tradition of the church mm-hmm. um, and then the benefits of all of them, right? The Carmelite tradition, uh, you get uh, especially the ascetic tradition of the fathers and the mm-hmm. you know, desert fathers, uh, you know, even to the modern day, right? A lot of the, you know, Thomas Kempis, right? He oh, can yeah. weave them all in. Yeah, and so uh, that would be a good suggestion for me, uh, especially thirsting for prayer is, is a a profound book uh, that connects uh, our desires, mm-hmm. right? our, our search for emotions, our, our response from the Lord, mm-hmm. but also, again, a call for how we truly engage, what we're searching for, what we need to kind of desire in prayer. So. Mm-hmm. Wonderful. Talking again with Father William Slatter. We have a few minutes left here on Straight Talk, so please give us a call at 877-795-0122, 877-795-0122. You know, in the readings for today's math, Father, one of the options for the first reading is from the Song of Songs, uh, Chapter 3, and I was looking through this. I just, I could see my life, and it says that the bride says, I sought God with all my heart. I loved him, but I did not find him. I'll rise and go to the city and the streets. I'll seek him. I sought him, but did not find him. The watchman came upon me. As they made the rounds of the city, I said, have you seen him whom I love? I had hardly left them when I found him whom my heart loves. The idea of going to the right place, you know, being in the right frame of mind. I mean, again, it reminds me of Mary Magdalene, right? So maybe some reflections on the readings for today, either from the first readings or from that gospel. Yeah, well, I think uh, there's a good connection with uh, not only the readings for today, but also then the readings for the breviary mm-hmm. uh, and the emphasis that, uh, that, you know, we look at the Psalms that usually use for uh, a feast day would right. be from the first Sunday mm-hmm. uh, of, of the week uh, and then so of the Psalter. And so the first psalm is you know uh, my soul thirsts for you right, right. this sense of 69. you know yeah. uh and so this aspect of like again this existential thirst that's there right a deep longing that we have for the lord right. uh is reflected i think in 
in every human heart, right? Yeah, we look at it, and that's amen. what we see, especially in Mary Magdalene, why she's there, right? She's looking for the Lord. Her heart longs for it. Uh, and, right, that's, uh, that longing leads towards an achievement of, of that desire. You betcha. Wonderful. Well, we got questions coming up. Let's, let's take this one. During yesterday's first reading for Mass, what can we learn about Abraham's beautiful hospitality and our own call to welcome the stranger? Yeah, you look at uh, how how this kind of unfolds. Is uh, you know Abraham, he, you know, in a certain way, he goes out of his way, just like you know Martha did. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> He's trying <laughs> yeah. to run back and forth, right? Yeah. He washes their feet. Uh, he goes back and he asks for like five measures of flour. Mm-hmm. Uh, he also then you know goes and you know grabs you know a nice. I like how he's a hundred and he runs out. To oh the yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. He's running, right? Uh, yeah. Again, it's expressive of the emotion, yeah. the passion that's yeah. there. Uh, you know, he grabs and prepares a full meal for them, right? And then again, part of it too is he's sitting at their feet, right? And then yeah. you look at uh, the tradition of Israel. There is, uh, you know, a long-standing tradition of the welcoming of a stranger, right? Abraham, right, before their enslavement in, in Egypt, after that, right, it becomes a, a command upon the people of Israel that, right, to welcome the stranger, welcome the alien, because you two were welcomed, uh, you know, when, in, in Exodus, right? In, right, in in Egypt when there was no food, right? right? There's a sense of God's providence and how it weaves in our lives and how we have to be open, I think it's cool, and the fathers of the church interpret that passage in a cool way, that there's three right, three messengers, right? Okay, right, exactly. And this is often traditionally referred to as the Trinity, mm-hmm. right? Uh, because, again, going to language stuff, right? It goes it goes from three people, and then it's the Lord speaking, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, one exactly. of them is all speaking, right? Exactly. And it's interesting, again, of that essence of... Uh, of this experience of welcoming the stranger is to welcome God himself. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Um, and for us, again, I think this is an important thing to reflect upon. We face in our own nation a lot of yeah. questions over uh, how we should welcome the stranger. What, yeah. what should be our openness? Mm-hmm. And I think this is where the church gives us great, great uh, concepts of uh, looking at the foundation of of how our response should be. It should be friendship. Yeah, exactly. um, we We welcome those who are strangers. We care for them. Uh, for their basic needs uh, because as Christ gave us that example love the least of my brothers because I, I am with them right he identifies with them the most right yeah take taste me back to Matthew 25 right whatsoever you do to the least of yep. my brothers you do unto me Lord when did we see you naked or thirsty when you did to the least of my brother you did it to me and the thing is right you see the generosity of Abraham right yeah. Yeah. that he's not looking for anything in result but what comes what comes from that exactly a letter a, a message right yeah. uh, a, a, a prophecy of, of a child yeah. Yeah. yeah exactly father we have on the phone um, Aaron from Rochester wants to ask about uh, they're on the phone Brian, we'll let Aaron from Rochester you go ahead and ask Father Father William your question Awesome. Thanks for having me on. My question is about Eucharistic ministers and why why is there a need for them and if they could possibly create sacrilege if they don't purify their, their fingers or their hands after touching the Lord. All right. Well, thanks, Aaron, for the question today. Uh, yeah, the... Uh the use of Eucharistic ministers comes uh, especially uh, as we have large large masses that need uh, help with the distribution of the Eucharist. Um, it's permitted, especially by the the, the liturgy and the, and especially the the rite itself talks about that. But uh, again, the idea is that there are there are extraordinary 
um, to the usual minister, which is the priest and deacon. Um, and I'm sure that they're a good help, especially for those uh, house calls uh, for the hospitals, even at the large masses in our cities. Uh, you know, you are right, though. Like one of the things that is required uh, is that we have to train them uh, to respect the Eucharist. Um, you know, uh, part of their service is that they help us priests uh, to give and distribute the body and blood and soul divinity of our Lord uh, to his, his faithful. Um, and so w- they have to be instructed in the knowledge of this proper care, right? That they help us to teach by their actions, right? So that they help the faithful to recognize, right? And reverence Christ in the Eucharist. Does that help, Aaron? So I would say the question yeah. on on your end, right? Uh, there can be a lack of respect sometimes, uh, and right. The, again, sacrilege is is uh, an attack upon uh, kind of the Eucharist by a lack of faith, right? Um, but that's where, on our part as priests uh, and leaders in the church, we have to instruct them properly, right? And it kind of falls on that because I think a lot of things sacrilege has to be intent intended, um, and so ignorance, right? Uh, it. it does decrease the gravity of actions, but it re- falls on those responsible, like us, like as teachers. So, how is that, Aaron? Great, thank you. Wonderful. Thanks so much, Aaron from Rochester, for that call. That's great. We appreciate that. Again, just have a couple minutes left. Maybe time for one more call or message on Facebook, 877-795-0122. And Father, maybe we won't get one or until we do. Maybe just reflect a little bit on, on this new assignment. You had the exciting time of going over in pilgrimage. Tell me what you're looking forward to now in this new position as chaplain at, at the Shanley and Sullivan. Yeah, uh, I think the biggest thing is being able to bring the gospel. Uh, you know, uh, not that it wasn't brought before. No, Father no. Charles LaCroix did yeah, an awesome job. He's been there 12 years, and I actually am very lucky to step into a place. I've worked there for three years. But also just that taking over uh, this role as chaplain, is it, it is uh, to exercise uh, a spiritual fatherhood uh, in this place. And particularly, again, to live out my desire for the Lord and uh, to bring that to, to the students that, again, have that same craving, have the same longing uh, for, for the Lord, um, even if sometimes they don't want to acknowledge it or sometimes they feel it, sometimes it can be jammed down their throat, uh, <laughs> right? They've been doing this for 12 years, Father, right? Uh, you know, but that, again, being able to inspire in them uh, by my witness uh, a desire uh, and help them to see the importance of placing that priority of God in their lives as they focus in on the future. Yeah, I, I think it's so important, as you know. I mean, I, of course, Augustine said it right. We, we were made for you, right? Our hearts are restless till we rest in you. You've got a lot of restless hearts there. Yeah. But what a great opportunity by your witness, and then, of course, by sharing the gospel in various ways to help them see that that's what they're really longing for. Yeah. Yep, I think that's the. I mean, that's where it makes my job easy. Yeah, yeah <laughs> that, that that's great. That's great. Well, wonderful. Um, so we got two minutes left, here, Father. A- anything else you just want to share with our listeners uh, bef- before we go? A couple minutes. What's on your heart? All right. Well, Tim, well, this is the first. This is my first time on. Uh-huh. It's a lot easier than uh, than <laughs> I thought it would be. Okay. So if there's anyone out there whoever gets invited to come on. I can do it. You can do it. (laughs) But also, I think the big thing is uh, these summer months are are amazing opportunities to to focus in on our our spiritual lives. We don't take uh, the summers off as Catholics. (laughs) And uh, part of it is to really grow. And so I encourage them to focus in on these areas of life. Uh, There's there's a calmness to the summer, right? There is anxieties. We're going everywhere. But take some time to to rest, uh, to focus on the readings uh, for the Mass, to 
to see where the Lord's calling them uh, to change and grow closer to Him. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know, one last thing that I'll maybe mention too, and, and this I think it's our culture, but it's, it's easy to, in the college sports culture I was in, more is better. And, and that's not necessarily the case. You know, we, we jam our lives so full of things and stuff and more money for this and that. And sometimes that peace, that, that doesn't bring true peace, you know. And so anyway, just an encouragement just to be still. You know, he is God, as the Psalms tell yeah. us, and just to relax. 30 seconds, Father. All right. Can you give us a little blessing before we go? Yeah. The Lord be with you. And with your spirit. Heavenly Father, we ask your blessing in our lives. You are a provident Father. Help us to always trust in you as you bestow everything we need. Help us to trust that we may receive your blessing, experience your grace and love. We ask this through Christ our Lord. Amen. And I want to God bless you, Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Father William, William Slattery. You did a great job. Brand is smiling. You're going to be back. I can tell. <laughs> All right. All right. That's wonderful. Thanks again so much for everyone who called in. 930 Central Time every Monday through Friday.